Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Chody Shifter, professional racing driver. And when I'm not racing vehicles, I'm usually sitting on the downstairs toilet or in a motorway services on my smart telephone, sifting through ad after ad of interesting vehicles from carinclassic.com. You should try it too. There's many to choose from, and you can even sell them free on classifieds or off of an auction. Thanks for listening. Bye. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by carinclassic.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Now, Listen. before we go any further, just want to say Smith & Sniff Live, a live recording of this podcast on that live of things, as we sometimes call it. The fifth one is happening on May the 19th. It's a Friday night. Get your party trousers on. Pre-internet trousers, preferably. Pre-internet trousers, because it's in (laughs) Bristol. You may have seen this mentioned. If you're a patron, you'll know you had first dibs on the tickets. And thank you, because the the patrons patrons leapt on it. They did. um, And took about half the tickets. Uh, They're now on general sale. There are still, at the time of recording, some left, hoping that by the time this goes live, that's still the case. Otherwise, we're going to look like chumps. But as we speak, there are still some tickets left. Friday the 19th of May, a place called the Tobacco Factory. It's a theatre in Bristol. And it's it's, going to be... It's pre-internet, so so vaping hasn't been invented yet. So everyone will be smoking and there won't be any Uh, smartphones. Smoking indoors, I suppose. Indoor smoking, <laughs> and there were and smartphones are, and laptops are strictly forbidden. I didn't think about this, but when because it's a theatre and we, you know, we're hiring it, so they have to send me these forms to fill in, and and, and one of them is a thing based on the fact that it's geared for doing a play. So there's a there's a bit on the form that says, "Will there be the, any of the following happening on stage?" And one of the things is smoking. Oh, great! Which. The small print says you have to get permission from the local council. Okay. Because I guess you're technically breaking the law. You know, it's you you're are. not allowed to smoke. But I guess there's exceptions for, you know, if it's sort of justified by the script. Theatrical. I just put no, there's no smoking, no, there'll be no gunshots, no, there's no lasers. But I've realised <laughs> that if we've been true to our belief about, about no, well, first of all, we lasers. should have lasers. <laughs> still, <laughs> listen, still Antis are texting as we speak. Like, what do you mean no lasers? We're not turning up. <laughs> but, but then just every so often you just fire a pistol into the air for no reason at all. But also, we, we, if I thought ahead, we could have just full 90s dip by having everybody smoking. Um, well, maybe we could we could fill out a hastily. F- I mean, I don't even smoke, and neither do you. But maybe we could just do a hastily filled out form. Yeah, well, you could do raving. this. This always annoys me to this day. As an ex-smoker, I always you know when you see actors who clearly don't smoke, but they've been required to smoke because they're taking part in you know some kind of drama set in the seventies. I know. I know. And they're just no good at it. They do that thing where they go, <sighs> and blow out the smoke straight away, which is fair enough. You know, if you don't smoke, inhaling smoke is disgusting. But it's yes. just, I'd almost rather they didn't make the character smoke or just don't ever put it to your mouth because that's less noticeable. Yeah, just hold it. But um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> go, go. Trying to promote, trying to promote <laughs> a live so audience while podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about smoking, Bloody which hell. is not going to happen. There might be... No a, smoking. There might be some dry ice, potentially. There might be lasers, but there probably won't be. <laughs> and <laughs> More likely, it'll be you and me in a couple of chairs on a stage. I've asked for a coffee table between us. Thank you. It's not a deal breaker, but no, we'll no. see if we can get one. Appreciate that. And... We're going to record a podcast in front of an audience. If you've heard one of our recordings of a live show before, you'll sort of know the deal. It's it's really just the same as this, except there's a crowd. And then we'll do a Q&A, so it'll be an hour of chat, little break, where we'll mill about and sign things and chat to people and do what we usually do. And then uh, an hour of Q&A with the audience. And then we can all go It's my favourite bit, actually. Or if there's time, go to the pub. Well, we've always yeah. tried to go to the pub, and we've often failed. 
Well, yes. So Incl- that's why I'm <laughs> going to bring in. Well. <laughs> I'm going to bring in the. I'm going to bring in those words again. I think we should have a pasting table to stage left. <laughs> With some, with some port, some quality vintage port on it, maybe. Oh, by the way, if you hear Somebody. if you hear rustling behind me, you know what it is. It's the tortoises. Yeah. Tort- it's still too cold to put them out. The weather's just being an absolute ran- yeah, rancid bastard. Um, somebody at the scramble the other Sunday called you out on saying pasting table. Did the, yeah. I think it was Jim Cameron from Mission Motorsport. It, it was, it was. <laughs> you, I remember the so pasting table. And he went, you and pasting tables. Um, I don't know why. Which, well, I, I suppose I don't know why. Just to just to wrap up the live show, uh, it is as I've said, Friday the nineteenth of May. As we speak, there are tickets available. Uh, show starts at seven thirty, so you've got time to come from work, even if you live slightly further away than Bristol. But um, uh, we'd love to see you there. I'd love to see you there. I'm just going to move a tortoise. Hang on. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. Well, I was going to say since I've brought it up that we should talk about the um, the scramble because um, we didn't talk about it. The the show that went out the day after the scramble, we'd already recorded it because of logistics, and I, it made me realise that what we need to do is buy one of those little portable recorders because then we could have recorded like on the ground at the show, and that might have been a nice little change of atmos. I think we should have bought a local radio transmission lorry as well. Ooh, they could have sat in they, with a coffee. No, just one of those estate cars with a very large aerial. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Pre- preferably one of those cars that's a sort of early version of a people carrier with a double sliding door set up. Yes. would be great, wouldn't it? They had when I first worked at BBC Pebble Mill in Birmingham in 1998. They had, I think, their radio cars were Peugeot 405 estates. Sweet, but I think. I'm trying to remember whether this was... Now, I'm reading a book about the brain at the moment, and it's fascinating. One of the things that's really interesting is how your memory works and, and all the sort of synapses and things, and, and then how we develop false memories. Really? And it's very easy, yeah. And it, it cites these... There have been scientific studies into this where they've actually been able to convince people of things that never happened. And it's sort of, I suppose, it, it, it then you know goes into the wider world of sort of things like conspiracy theories but on a on a very sort of personal level they took some subjects and they found out stuff about their lives from their friends and relatives and then they just talked to them about three things that had really happened and one thing that hadn't and then when they saw them the next week they brought up the thing that hadn't and they found that people would go oh gosh yes i remember that yeah i was wearing a blue hat and it's like they'd started adding details to something that never actually happened to them Gosh, so, can you imagine if you were being uh, questioned to do with a criminal incident, mm. you'd look like an absolute fibber, even though you were innocent. Well, exactly. It even happened, funnily enough, it happened to me oh, on the way to the scramble. I got up early doors. In fact, I did that thing we've talked about where I knew I was going to wake up early. So, in fact, my brain went, well, I might as well get on with this. And I woke up even earlier. Pre-alarm. So get on the road. Yeah. So I was zooming through the streets of Bath slash Bath at 6.45 in the morning and from a side road ahead of me, this six-wheeled old-shaped Defender pulled out. It's one of these Foley conversions, you know, Foley up in Essex that, that do these six-wheel conversions on old Defenders. And one of these pulled out, V8, I could hear it. Gosh, V8 I mean, that's... swap as well. That's 10 to the gallon if you're being careful, isn't it? Well, particularly because I thought... At this time in the morning, and he's heading out of town, I bet he's going where I'm going. But then I pulled into a garage to get a coffee. I finally caught up with him on the M4. So he's doing motorway miles in In a six-wheeled Defender. The friction of the six wheels on very chunky tyres alone is going to just drag it down. But (laughs) sure enough, got to the scramble and later saw it parked up with a load of other defenders. And I was hoping to catch the owner so I could go, oh, do you live in, in Bath? But uh, didn't. Then I was talking to somebody I know who lives here and is into cars, and I said, you don't know somebody in town who's got a six-wheel defender, do you? And he went, no, but I've seen it around. Is it white? And I went, no, it's silver. And then I suddenly thought, is it? I Actually, I can picture the car. It's got six wheels and it's a defender. But my brain hasn't bothered to record the colour accurately, and I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's silver, but it could be white. I just... Do you know what I mean? Where I you think my, I think my memories... Been a crime. Yeah, yeah. A bit of I crime. can't remember why I'm bringing this up now. 
Talking, actually, do you know what? Talking of crime, I've been meaning to mention this for the last probably three podcasts. Um, Mm. When I've got an hour to spare late in the evening and I don't quite want to go to bed yet and I'm not doing work anymore, what do you think I've been Mm. doing? (laughs) Well, uh, keep this above board. Because I, 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 it's you, I'm going to say you've been endlessly combing YouTube videos for, uh, I don't know, the Proclaimers performing <laughs> acoustic versions of 500 Miles on Latvian telly. <laughs> no, I've been, I found on Amazon Prime, they've got the entire mm. first series of Miami Vice up there, FOC. Oh, yes. And I've never seen, I've never, I never watched Miami Vice because I was too young for it. So I was aware yeah. of it and I knew the music and I knew about the fashion and the, the Ferraris. And I just thought, yeah. I'm, do you know what, I'm going to watch, start of all, I'll, I'll watch the pilot episode of Miami Vice. And mm. I'm just watching the whole series now. And it, they're about and an hour long each. Do you know what, it's good. And the, the acting stands. Oh. I think the acting stands. It's not as 80s bad acting as a lot of other stuff. Certainly not as bad as a lot of 80s films were. And I'm really into it. Is it gritty? Is it quite gritty in places? It is quite gritty. And it also, mm. you, I realised that I wasn't sure of before, that actually um, Sonny, Sonny Crockett, uh, a.k.a. Don Johnson, he's actually quite mm. an emotional guy. You know, he's going through divorce and he's trying to piece his life together as a as a, a young father living a wild life of getting shot at every day and trying to be some mm. sort of drug lord it's actually really good i'm thoroughly enjoying it. although i have written down you have to ex- you have to excuse the very wobbly helicopter shots in the opening sequences <laughs> it looks like someone's just dug dug the camera operator in the ribs when he's hanging out of the helicopter <laughs> it's just not quite right and just moments away from inventing the gimbal, but just too late to catch that's right, production that's of Miami right. Vice. And then there's like a, the camera scrolls down, um, pans down a line of, of Rolls Royces that are that are outside mm. the, the, the 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 foyer of an expensive hotel, and they're mostly fifties Rolls, apart from one of them, which is Ooh. a Camargue. Oh, yeah. So there's a Camargue in the opening credits, and. Um, the other thing I was—I've got a terrible want on for a Camargue, and yet you know, I, I used to think they were awful, and to well, the they extent are. I put them in my crap cars book, and I'm sure they are awful. But I look at them now and go, oh, well, I yeah, well, could get on with that. For me, Camargue is one of those cars which I'd like, but not in standard form. I'd, I'd ruffle some feathers. It would have to be LS swapped. Oh. I'm not interested in the Rolls Royce engine. It'll be cack. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it will be. And the brakes Ooh. will be absolute cack. And the suspension will be oh, hideous. Sure. Yeah. The suspension will just yeah, be made well, out of old chewing gum. No, I, I, I think it's all fixable. And I see, I would go not LS swap. I would try and keep it a bit more purist, but but maybe Arnage. Ooh. You know, the, the turbocharged... Mm. Um, well, we example can, of the yeah, same engine. That's not a bad shout. Yeah, I mean, you could get an accident da- damaged um, silver serif or whatever it was called. Yeah, and, uh, well, and yeah, I suppose. just just like engines, tran- transmission, trans- tr- drivetrain swap it. I do like a what Camargue. What kind of accident has a silver serif had in this day and age? I mean, most likely just reversed into something. I was going to say that's who's driving. That's a doddery owner who's forgotten that it's still mm. in D, and they've got out the car yeah. and they've their moccasin has pressed the throttle, and because it's so talky, it's just demolished <laughs> everything at fifteen miles an hour. <laughs> it's like it's those, gone through the bloody fountain again. It's, exactly, it'll just rip through like marble walls and things. It's just this horrible slow accident. <laughs> Well, because that's—I would say Serif now surely is either really quite old and moneyed and have had it since new, yeah, or it's a bit scrap dealer. You just don't see them. I mean, you don't. You just don't see a, a Serif. You really don't. Do you, you see the Bentleys right. of that era, the ones that we mm. were driving the other mm. week, the Arnages, mm. but you don't see the silver Serif. Um, um, so back to Miami Vice, because this is the thing, yeah. talking about memory, it's interesting you say you didn't watch it at the time, because I'm the same. I don't think I watched it at the time. And no. yet I sort of have this virtual memory of that show. I think I know about it, and I think I've seen it. And yet I'm now wondering if I've ever seen a full episode of it. Well, that's kind of why I've, I'm doing this journey. Out of pure, but I mean, I, I know there's some cool car-related material in it, but I mm. um, and the fashions are brilliant. I mean, the... the 
yeah. I mean, you could wear some of that shit now. You could if you were if you're in, if you're in your 20s and you were sort of like a bit of a Londoner or a bit Parisian yeah. or something, you could probably yeah. carry it. But um, how much linen? Like an incredible amount of linen, and like so much. And it's the combination of the espadrille and the gun holster. These two things don't normally Ooh. live together, or you don't see them no. together. But in in the in Miami Vice, you do. Well, trying to chase a baddie wearing espadrilles, I'll be awful. You'd shatter your ankles jumping that off a wall. Brings me back to that idea I've talked about before: flip flop cops. They were some <laughs> tough, uncompromising. Maybe New York police officers, but they wear flip-flops that are absolutely <laughs> shit at running after baddies and really bad at driving after them as well. What about tubs and crocs? So, um, <laughs> so t- t- tub, tub, tubs wears espadrilles, but crockets croc like, no, no, I'm going crocs. Um, Hang on, Tubbs was the character from League of Gentlemen as well. That's a very different show. A very different. Tubbs from League of Gentlemen and Crocs is a man who militantly wears <laughs> all year round hospital orderly shoes, no matter what. He's well, he's all year round shorts guy, as we've probably said oh, before. Yeah. He's all year round shorts guy, and he's probably got old guys rule t shirt um, as well. Um, you know what? I I, yeah, I really enjoy. I'm I'm enjoying Miami Vice. I, it's like a little bit of a treat for me. Look, cheeky little glass of Malbec and um, yeah, uh, and an hour long. It is about an hour long episode. That's yeah, really good. Now, um, didn't they have some really amazing guest stars in it as well? Yeah, the, uh, well, in the first series, a very young Bruce Willis is in it. Oh, um, as a know. as a drug as a drug dealer who's quite aggressive. Um, Miami Vice guest stars. Did we talk about this before? I don't know. There's a there's a <laughs> there's a fanopedia for Miami Vice. I don't like I don't like that stars. word. It sounds a bit weird. Fanopedia, oh, no, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Like a Wikipedia, but it's not. It's something. There's okay. So series one. God, there's a lot. Oh yeah, Bruce Willis played Tony Amato, arms dealer. That's right. He is an dodgy arms dealer. Uh, that's the most famous name I can see on here. Oh, Glenn Frey mm. out of the Eagles. Bloody mm. hell! Well, he so Pam Greer. Well, he he Glenn. Um, he wrote and sang one of the songs um, that's oh. sort of synonymous with Miami Vice. You belong to the shitting city. heck. Guess who? <laughs> <laughs> series two. You haven't started series two yet, have you? No, I don't think I have. No. You are in for a treat, my friend, because guest stars, according to this, include Gene Simmons. Oh wow! Playing Newton Windsor Blade, who's a drug dealer. Newton Windsor Blade. Newton Windsor Blade, which <laughs> sounds like you know, it's like I, well, the problem with these Alvises, they need a Newton Windsor Blade, otherwise the screen is just opaque. It's awful. <laughs> um, Penn Gillette out of Penn and Teller, really? He's in it. Pam Greer's back. Eartha Kitt, wow. The Power Station, which is you know like Duran Duran with the drums turned up. They they appear as themselves. Little Richard. Little Richard, uh, Miles Davis, Frankie Valli, Nathan Lane, Dean Stockwell, out of off of Quantum Leap, amongst other yes, things. Yes, he's in it. Yes, Iman, Iman's in it as a prostitute. Oh, that's just brilliant. I'm sure Bowie loved that. Shitting heck. Phil Collins plays Phil Mayhew, a con man slash game show host. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I do. Um, there's a lot of as you could, oh, as you'd God. imagine because of the nature of Miami Vice. A lot of club scenes. Yes, them, them rendezvousing in clubs, and they're sort of staking out a dodgy person in a club, and yeah. um, while they've got a wire, they're they're tapped with a wire, and uh, the club scenes are interesting because there are bands playing, um, and they're often ah. playing music that doesn't belong to them, so doing covers. And one, one of right. them, I was going to take a screenshot of it for you because it was like, who chose the wardrobe for this band? I mean, it's almost like they were trying to embarrass them. It was just as ridiculous. <laughs> just looks like red bin liners, and they're all wearing fishing hats. It's like, and they're doing, <laughs> they're doing, synchron- they're doing synchronized dancing with with woodwind instruments, and it's like oh, this is not working. It's awful. But, um, oh, that reminds yeah. me. I meant to send you a clip earlier in the week. Uh, for some reason, I was watching this excerpt of the Graham Norton show from a few years ago with um, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Oh, amazing. And he's 
he's telling the story about when Prince came to see him to be outfitted for a movie, I think, and then there was a misunderstanding and Prince stormed off. <laughs> but what distracted me about this and why I wanted to send it to you is because Jean-Paul Gaultier is basically dre- dressed as a coach driver oh. he's just finished his shift oh is he short and sleeve white shirt guy well you can't see he's got a white shirt with a black tie that he's slightly sort of loose and then he's wearing this absolute like covered market leather jacket it's just you just go aren't you supposed to be one of the world's most renowned fashion designers <laughs> he just looks like he's gone right i've done the uh, i've done the london to sheffield run so i'm off to the pub now thanks very much it's b- bizarre but back to series two of Miami Vice because the guest stars get better. Jan Hammer is in it as himself playing a musician at a wedding. Of course he is. Leonard Cohen is in it as an Interpol agent, which is That's just mind boggling. Yeah. Frank Zappa plays a drug lord. Of course, he'd be a good drug lord too. He would be a good drug lord. He's yeah. called Mario Fuente, uh, the character. Uh, Michael Bay is in it as a henchman. Oh. Presumably an exploding henchman, I don't know. But um and Lee Iacocca, you know, the man who you know saved Chrysler and all that and invented the Mustang oh, or yes. claims. Yes. He's in it. He's in it as an uncredited parks commissioner. <laughs> uncredited. <laughs> I think anyone who was famous for whatever, if they happen to be in Miami, I reckon they just went, just come and be in our show, it'd be fun. The thing I, I like about Miami Vice is, um, <clears throat> or that I found especially interesting, is the theme tune changed. So I think the first three episodes, the theme tune is not quite the same. It's like a variation. Oh. So I think it was a, they, they, I think Jan Hammer must have perfected it. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons and say, I don't think the Miami Vice theme tune is very good at all. I think oh. it's just not. It's not the A-Team oh. and it's not Knight Rider. All right. Um, well, yeah, but, but it's got... I mean, But Crockett's theme, sort of different different story. Crockett's theme, great. Crockett's theme is, 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 the, is the song. I don't want to sound too muso-nerd about it, but what's good about the Miami Vice theme, I think, is the drums. It's got incredible... I think it's got multiple layers of drums, but it's also mm. got... It starts, you might remember, with a helicopter um, shot going over the water very low. It does look like the helicopter's actually mm. going to crash land. Um, and then it kind of cuts into somebody windsurfing and leaning down really low and dipping their long hair into the sea and then whipping it back. Brilliant. Brilliant. So aspirational. Aspirational. So aspirational. Uh, But, yeah, so I highly recommend it. And, yes, of course, the Ferrari that isn't a Ferrari. I haven't got onto the testicle Rossi yet, so we're still on the black faux... um, the Fototona, the Dayfona. The Dayfona, yeah, which is cool because, I mean, it get, you know, it gets rinsed pretty hard um, and ends up in people's front gardens and all sorts, you know, where they... Watching <laughs> constantly, like, understeering off through yeah, an ornamental yeah. hedge. Do you know what it is? It's like, because, of course, there there is a mobile phone in that car or... Is it a oh. mobile phone or is it a very long-range sort of police radio, which is a huge thing? But whenever they pull over to sort of like um, sneak sneak across um, and look down the cliff at I don't know an, an enemy chalet or something, they always <laughs> I don't, it's an American film thing. They always pull over onto sort of a dirt layby way quicker than any normal person would. You know, you're coming off the roads, mm. coming in hot at like thirty yeah. miles an hour in a sports car. You're like you'd never do that in case there's potholes. I don't know deep mud, whatever. Yeah. Uh, fly tipping, you just you can't be very careful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he beaches the Daytona on an abandoned mattress, and a, free, a fridge gets wedged under it. <laughs> <laughs> so the front's just hydrofoiling on an old fridge. <laughs> <laughs> every week, every damn week, and, and, um, and he has to continue. He has to follow another car with this fridge screeching underneath <laughs> on the tarmac <laughs> with the front on full lock in the air he's just he's absolutely frigged the rad by twatting into some bin bags without realising they're full of builder's rubble <laughs> fuck it was just regular trash and, uh, 
<laughs> no, it's internal stud walls that have been hammered in. Oh gosh, yeah. So, uh, so I highly recommend it. I, do you know what I'm like? I'm like mm. a film critic from four decades ago. <laughs> yes. Check out this hot new show by Abby Vice <laughs> next week. Johnny raves about tales of the unexpected. Um, well, no, that's good. I will check it out. I think it's uh, it's. I'll, I'll be intrigued because. I mean, like, for, again, no, we're playing with memory here, as we've established memory is unreliable, but I last I looked, the A-team stands up all right because there's a certain sort of lightness of touch to the script. It's not all po-faced, and Knight Rider is rather dated because it's a bit too serious. Correct. But, um, and George and George Peppard was a really accomplished actor as well, and, and Dirk really Benedict was pretty actor, good. Yeah. So I think because mm. they were good actors, they had a standard at which they would adhere to. Yeah, um, yeah, I do like the A team, but yeah, I, I, and Crockett's theme does feature in the um, in the first series when ah. when 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 uh, they have to go into witness protection. Or what I would say is the is this is the, is the, the the pilot episode. Obviously, the first one you see does have, and you might have read this or heard of it anyway. It has <laughs> in the air tonight by Phil Collins, and that, that's the seminal. Oh, that's in scene. the pilot. That's in the pilot episode. So that's the I one. I was going to ask when that scene crops up. Yeah, that is the scene when they're about to go to some big drug drug buying hoedown, and mm. um, Crockett's driving, and Tubbs is in the passenger seat loading a pump action shotgun. Low, mm. low down in the footwell, and it's actually, and it's really atmos because the because the cameras bolted to the faux Ferrari are all in mm. really low down positions. The cars whizzing under the streetlights at night. It's it's really, mm. and that was the, I think that was the scene that properly captured a lot of people's imagination. I remember talking to Mike Brewer actually, Wheeler Dealers Mike Brewer, about he mm. he said I remember watching the the pilot episode with that song and that scene, and he was like, it was what everybody was talking about. It was yeah for cars for for women for fashion for for all of it it was that was it the moment. I'm just going to go and watch that on YouTube yeah. when we finish this. I'll, I'll, I'll forget I haven't got time and to Phil, watch the whole episode. Phil Collins was following thing. behind in one of those Mexican <laughs> Gardener Toyota pickups with a full drum kit and a very echoey <laughs> microphone. It was all done live. Yes, it was done. <laughs> no, actually, the Ferrari was towing now, it on a very long rope. Oh right. Yeah. No, I'd have liked that. Would have been. Fabulous! If just at the the big drum break, that if he just pulled alongside on the back of the pickup, <laughs> what well, did, did the big breakdown? And then they all looked over their shoulder and went, "Pissed off, Phil." Who? Yeah, Phil, shut up! We're on a stakeout, you prick. And then they realise that there's a massive T junction, and the, and the driver of his the pickup truck hasn't quite clocked it. <laughs> So does the sort of drives as the crow flies off the road. or over all the ornamental <laughs> gardens. <laughs> yeah, no, into one of those laybys, and then he just absolutely smashes it into two abandoned kitchen units. You just, you just see Phil bouncing in a load of Zildjian symbols just in the air. <laughs> yes, ends up in an abandoned bathtub with a load of symbols on top of him. <laughs> You know, I, I realised anyway. I, I completely when we were talking about my trip to the Netherlands uh, the other week. Yes, I actually forgot the sort of key car component of what I wanted to talk about. I know I talked about the the canter, but the mm. it was about the it was actually about the police cars in in, in Amsterdam. Oh. One thing that uh, I went went to a couple of museums with the kids, and the one, one museum we went into. Emmanuel Macron was turning up in about an hour's time. So we kind of got ushered out oh. early and there were loads. I'd noticed there was loads of security. I was thinking, this can't be normal. And um, police um, in cars um, outside each entrance with the engine still running. And this was a, a first gen, there were a lot of older police cars I noticed, but first gen oh. VW Touareg. Oh. Right. Okay, but, and this wasn't the first police car I'd noted while we were staying in the city. It had hubcaps on, but it had, it had hubcaps, solid, completely solid hubcaps. But what made it interesting is it had either a sticker of the original alloy wheel stuck over the wheel cover. What? So it looked like a VW alloy wheel, a regular VW alloy wheel. And then when you walk up to it, you realise it's a solid disc covering the wheel. And I, I, I just, I took a, I, that's, I said to the I kids, don't understand. Well, no, I, so I, 
I wanted to take a picture of it, but I didn't want the police to have a word with me. So I just t- I tapped on the window of the police car and politely said, Do you, uh, uh, could I just ask you about why why the wheel covers um, with the with the picture of the alloy wheels on? And the, yeah. the, chap, the chap turned to his colleague and said something in Dutch and then came back and he said, oh, it's... Um, we have this because the uh, because uh, in case people putting the things through the spokes of the wheels, and um, so he said that that's just it's it's just how we do it in the, in the Netherlands. Well, but but then but this implies that we didn't want them putting things through the spokes of the wheel, but we still wanted to look pretty stylish. That's the thing. So it's yeah, that's what I was like. So they've gone to the effort of either painting it on or having a vinyl graphic made of the alloy wheel to put. Oh, I've actually got mm. photos of it. I will give it to. Um, to a patreon so i'll put it on the patreon page and it's just really because i said can i take a photo but yeah yeah have a have a look and i was like tapping it <laughs> and they were really friendly as as the dutch are i'm really impressed that you did this i would have been too cowardly to go and engage my daughter when and my daughter was furious with me when oh, was we their were, eye rolling yeah she was like i can't believe you went and talked to the police i said darling i'm being polite if you ask if, <laughs> if you want to find out information you just ask that's what we do hang on isn't polite the dutch word for police or politi is yeah. it, i don't know how it's pronounced I think apologies it, to dutch i think listeners. it probably is yeah but they were really good it and definitely so, looks like polite yeah well they have they have all they have a strange taste in police cars considering it's amsterdam that's- i think old for a police car isn't it i don't know what the rules are now in the uk but is it are they still flipping them at three years or five years now i can't remember but well the force hasn't got much money they're just scrapping them yeah probably five years now but even so a first gen tuareg that's what that's an early 2000s car isn't it i think mid mid yeah yeah I got still quite old. It is quite old, but maybe they just I look after them better, work. or maybe they armor yeah, them more. Yeah. I don't know. They might go to more effort to armor them so they have a longer shelf life. Well, they've had those wheels specially made, yeah. presumably. So yeah, they're like they weren't plastic wheel covers. I think they were metal hubcaps. Oh, like it looks. I wonder if there's some kind of puncture proofing involved as well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it was it, it caught my eye, and I thought. As a piece of boring car trivia for you, possibly for a future book. No, it's brilliant. I'm, I am, I'm really impressed that you actually just didn't go. Oh, that's weird, and then walk off. I tried to be a journalist yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, journalist. <laughs> Investigate the vehicle a little closer. Now oh, I got. Now um, I, I wanted. I wanted to jump straight on to. I can't remember whether we ever talked about or whether we just WhatsApp one another late at night about the Great British Bodge Off. With Paul Hollywood doing body repairs, we, well, we were talking about this. Um, Where were we at the scramble? Weren't we? Oh, that's what it was. That we saw that Mitsuoka Butte. Oh yes, that's that it. That had sustained some. <clears throat> we had got some very odd rust spots. Well, I'm going to say that it, someone performed some bare metal body repairs in a leisure centre steam room. So that when so that so there was definitely moisture trapped between the layers of either yes. primer, paint, filler, and then a couple of years later, it just starts to bow out. You know, like a, it's breathing. The body works actually breathing. And I was looking at it going, "That is what not are you doing right." There? Well, I uh, I do bodywork repairs on cars. I also grow orchids, so um, you know, it's a good use of the space. Yeah, and um, they do hot yoga next door. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it doesn't always yeah work. that was a shocker shocking state of things but yes what was it so you suggested that well because i said british bodger well i said it looked like someone had done panel repairs with like cake or icing or some sort of edible food stuff and then we started going off on that stupid tangent of the great british bodge off so paul hollywood doing edible body repairs like and it turns into a massive competition so you go we go right what have you got uh okay so i got a jag xf um the rear arch has been clipped on a fence but i need it to look perfect it's metallic black so I'm going to go with marzipan. I'm going to use squid ink uh, to, to colour it. Ooh. Yeah, you see? And then it all becomes very... And you have to work out how realistic it is, whether it tastes any good. And Paul's Paul always does his little demonstration at the beginning. Yeah. So Paul goes, yeah, I uh, unfortunately someone, uh, you know, a Just Eat cyclist went into the front of my Aston this week. So I'm going to do the... I'm going to... 
it's taken a taken a, a chunk out of the door. So I'm going to do this with, and I don't know, I don't know how to. I'm going to use a couple of tube sourdough. Yeah, sourdough mix. Ooh. I'm going to do a sourdough door door pad door skin mix and. he drives outside and is immediately attacked by crows (laughs) that's right thus revealing his deception i'd like it if he had a um a rover 75 that's just been scuffed by a bin lorry oh and he redoes the chrome strip up the body side Using an icing bag. Oh yes, just piping it, piping oh, it. Pipe, it pipes yeah. the side trim on. That's a great idea. Mm. Yeah, or even a damaged rear light cluster. You could probably pipe in a a new version of that or something like that. That's a good well, idea. What if he created a mould in the right shape and then used jelly for a rear light cluster? Oh yeah, or um, yeah. So like, is it like uh, where they 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 sugar they 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 create the the crystallised um, sugar, don't they? It's like translucent. What do they do? Yes. I'm trying to remember what it is. It is sugar, isn't it? Yeah, they blowtorch. Sort of, um, yeah, they blowtorch a bit well, of sugar. Yes, like, that. what's it? Creme brulee, isn't it? As well, that's right. So a bit of blowtorch. They, blow could, they sugar. could create some edible light clusters. <laughs> exactly. Per- mm. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is there is sort of a show like this, isn't there? Because is it called? Is it cake? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, and it's trying to Which make things Which my daughter realistic. loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, 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 I'll be honest, I've never seen a whole episode of that. I just uh, I just see bits and pieces when my daughter's been watching it. And I think it's, you know, is this is this a Nike trainer or is it cake? And then they I think it it's, a, it's a show that's been invented for TikTokers, really. Because yes. they cut them down into shorts, so you see this thing on a cake yeah. table spinning around. They go, "Is it real or is it edible?" And then they, yeah. and they cut up. A- well, thing. I mean, my daughter's five, and she absolutely loves it. And I don't know if it's just because she likes cake, but I think you know, <laughs> the premise of the show is sort of pleasantly simple, yeah. and amusing. Yeah, and it's also a delight to see when someone's made something you know really fantastic. Like, is this the Jules Rimet trophy? No, it's cake, and you go, "Wow, how have they done that?" So, it's. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't cl- exactly clever know stuff. The, the finer points of the format. Well, Paul, if you yeah. if you want to do edible body repairs, uh, Great British Bodge Off, um, let us know. You can email us mm. uh, hello at smithandsniff dot com. It's easy. You're true. Yeah, it's true. or you can just DM um, me, Paul. Yeah. No. Um, I wanted to talk about a car which is for sale on our lovely sponsors, carandclassic.com. And, um, but by the time this goes out, the auction will have ended, sadly. Oh, uh, Because it ends on Sunday and this will go live on Monday. Is this what I think it is? Yes. Oh, it's gosh. that. Oh. It's a 1974 Rover 3500S. Estora. Estora, a.k.a. the Sextora. In light yellow perfect period color oh you see and i i naively sent this to you yeah um a, a few days ago <laughs> and as if i thought you hadn't already seen it yeah the color by the way i notice is, is almond and it's a great color for a rover p6 with the with the dark vinyl roof it does just looks so good the the vinyl roof is is of course lovely period touch and then a light uh i guess it's cream leather interior it's an exceptional with, car and li- mm. listeners, we have talked about these cars before because I have a mild, mild fetish for a um, a coach-built estate car um, slash shooting brake type of thing. And that's what this is. It's a Rover P6 handcrafted estate car, one of, mm. I don't know, 150 maybe made. And they were exceptionally they expensive. Say, yeah. They were like two and a half times more than the regular saloon. So ridiculous. And this is the one. So it's the V8 manual. And this hasn't mm. been restored. And <clears throat> bearing in mind, they weren't brilliantly made, I don't think, in period. This could be a bit of a, uh, a survivor. And it's a cool colour, like, like Richard said. And, and so it's just this tick box of this is the right car. And I really, really would like to buy it, but it's really not the right time for me. So I'm trying to well, work out a way to do this without selling pictures of my dingling <laughs> on the dark web. <laughs> so, 
Well, you flatter yourself, Mr. Smith, because at the moment, as we speak, we're recording this on Friday. Uh, the auction is currently at £4,800 with five bids in, but it has oh. two and a bit days to run. So, yeah. <clears throat> And you, you said to me that this is uh, one of those cars that's going to go either massive because... It's either going to go 20... niche rarity. Yeah, it's either going to be 20, 25, or it's going to be like seven. Yeah. And I don't think there's going to be a lot in between, which is... There is this this fear that it'll just sort of dribble to five two fifty or something, and that feels like some somebody's got a bargain. Oh, but uh, I, yeah, hundred percent. I just I, 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 this going back to what we were talking about last week. This really is a case of find another no, it, it, because it is. Yeah, it's this has got to be a one off. I've just noticed something about these which I hadn't spotted before. That there's a funny little. Now I can't find the picture I was looking at. Oh, here we go. That there's. You can see a bit where they sort of joined the saloon rear wings to the estate's yes. loft extension. Yes. And there's a funny line that they didn't get rid of. I guess it was just too bothersome to do it. But I'd never spotted that before. Was it, I mean, it's, was still, it, it's still a remarkable thing. Was it because of unboltable wings? Or oh, yes. Because they're unboltable. Oh, maybe the back wing. The rear wings are unboltable on a P6, so they would have yeah. to have kept those there for extant damage. Right, so it's still you'd still just take them off yeah. to repair oh. or replace with some um, it's, uh, some lovely whole wheat bread that you've made <laughs> in your own oven to pour on. Wow, I, I have this to car say, is delightful, and it reminds me of why I love the V8 so much. It's got it didn't even have Ross style wheels; it had Ross style style hubcaps. That's how cool yes. it was. And and you said the most pillowy of profile tires in the world. How big are these tyres? These tyres, there's a picture. There's a lot of pics with this auction. And one of the pictures, close-up of a wheel. Huge profile tyres. But even I, having clocked the profile, was staggered at the actual <laughs> number. They're 80 profile tyres. <laughs> are they 80s? 80. Gosh. It's, I mean, were they 14s? Just, Is this a rolling on 14s? Uh, I'm glad you asked me that because I can't find the picture now. And there are so many pictures that I'll never find it again. I'm actually I, I'm, scrolling. I'm going to say there probably are. are they, they must be 14s. Oh, here we I mean, go. they may even no, be they're, 15s. No, they're 15s. But... They're 15s. Are they? Okay. No, no. And yet... No, they're not. They're 14s. Sorry. I, if there okay. was some rain on the tyre. 185-80-14s. Amazing. Oh, man. <sighs> Imagine the ride quality. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I've, I mean, I've always had time for these. In standard form, you know, we've talked about P6s on, on this podcast, and me and Richard always have, mm. a, we do have a bit of a thing for some silly yeah. British cars. But the thing about the P6 was, is it's still criminally underrated because of it, the way it was engineered, the suspension set up, the, the packaging of mm. that big engine in quite a small body mm. car. Police loved them. They could handle, mm. they could go down side streets. They were spacious and... The fact that this is this kind of coach-built estate just, to me, just makes me extra excited. And it's the right colour. It's got the front headrests. Yes. It's got the front headrests that make the front seats look like E.T. They do look like you are sitting or, or like, sort of, like, lap-dancing E.T. as you're driving along. (laughs) 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 E.T. phoned home because I've got a wrong and right grinding on me. (laughs) I, I love it. Um, and it's the manual. It's, well, it's, it's the manual. It's, oh, gosh. It's been upgraded, you now, know, to a five-speed from an SD1, oh, which is what you want. It? That's a pretty standard uh, upgrade for those, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a but, significant... I, I missed the, that detail. It's a better box. Better box. <sighs> I know. Guys, listen. And listen. because it has... It looks like it has Ross-style wheels, but they're actually Ross-style style wheel trims. You would earn the approval of the Dutch police as well. So, Oh, that's true. Everything going for it. If, you, if I was to drive this, as soon as I bought it to Amsterdam, I'd be pulled over and they would want to have a chat with me because they'd think yes. I was undercover police. <laughs> From the 70s. And I'd say, I'm on, listen, guys, don't, don't talk to me now. I'm, I'm on a job. I'm on a case. I'm on a case. Um, rather quaintly, the, uh, some of the blurb in this auction... Uh, describes it as being registered in Devonshire. I did see that, and like a complete mug, that excited me because I thought, oh, a West Country car. Oh, that would be... See, if I bought that, that would be my fourth West Country car. So I'm 
I don't know why that's completely pointless and irrelevant, but I, I, I quite like that because of my my West Country roots. It reminds me, I was watching your Z8 video and I realised you were driving round my neck of the woods. That was all in Cheshire. It was. It was near Elderly Edge, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was weird. I just suddenly went, that looks quite Cheshire-y. And then there was a bit where you're on a road and I went, I fucking know that road. I know exactly where you are. And uh, and then, you, lo and behold, you were driving through Elderly Edge. So. Did, did you see how, uh, did you see the angry nice see. Acme rain cloud in the sky that was following us everywhere we went? <laughs> the weather it, the, the weather app was just going, it will rain in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, we're in this bloody roadster and I don't want to put the roof up and we're trying to film it. And mm. it's insured for nearly a quarter of a million quid and if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about listeners is my on the on my late break show youtube channel um one of the last recent videos is a z8 i get to drive a, a bmw z8 for the first time to try and work out what it's all about 20 years after production what's ended. it all about and it's a real it's, uh, it's a grower that car it's a grower it's Mm. it's like an album a music album where you put it on and it doesn't blow you away instantly but you, you keep coming back and you keep finding detail and you and it it keeps warming you over somehow, and you go well, okay, okay. And I think that's why. Yeah, during the course of that video, I was like, I sort of at the time I remember thinking I, I found the design a bit kind of too retro. Yeah, I think we were all getting a bit bored of retro then because there'd been sort of a boom, you know, New Beetle, uh, Rover seventy five, Jag S type, all that sort of. It was just getting a bit for Thunderbird. It felt like it was going. Come on, everyone, let's have some new ideas, not these old ones remixed. And then, but but now looking at that Z8, particularly the interior, the interior looks great. Interior is amazing, and it's love how much effort they put into it. It's so much effort, but it's so much effort for what's not there. It's that restraint, it's that exercise and restraint, mm. which not a lot of car manufacturers are doing now. Where it's like, it, just let stuff breathe, give it some space. Let's have yeah. minimal buttons, really carefully thought through buttons. I mean, all the switch gear in that car is, is beautiful. The stalks, mm. you've got to have a look at the indi- the shape of the indicator stalks. They're so ergonomic and they are made of aluminium and they're from no other car. And the amount of yeah, money that damn car would have cost, it's, it's, like, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they could have got away with just going, Can, we'll stick normal BMW stalks in it. They're pretty good quality. But, yeah. but the fact they went, no. made the extra effort, it's quite impressive. So, yeah. hmm, and interesting. Did, I mean, I would say, of course, it was going to rain on you because there's a saying in parts of Cheshire that if you can see the Pennines, if you can't see the Pennines, hang on, what the fuck there's, is this? <laughs> there's a saying, <laughs> if there's rain in the air, it's raining. And yeah. if you can see the Pennines, it's going to rain. If you can't see the Pennines, it is raining. And that's pretty much... Well, that's no good, is it? how it goes. Mm. I did really enjoy it. I, 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 I've had a few people say to me, why didn't you fully uncork it? And the reason for that is it's got 10,000 miles on the clock. The, road, mm. the roads were damp and a bit na- naughty. And I, and I really... You know, the owner was staring at me, and although Tony's lovely, it was like I I can't rinse this car because it's such a, it's yeah. one of the best examples out there, and they yeah. are damn rare. And I was insuring it myself, so you've Ooh. got to sometimes be careful with these things. Yes, haven't you? And respectful, respectful, Bit of respect. But, and, and as as such, he really enjoyed the feature, and he's invited me back. He said you can drive whatever you want when you come back. So I'm now going. What? Oh. So f- watch the car cave video that I did of his cave. And mm. uh, listeners, have a vote. If you want me to, what do you want me to drive next? I know that's a bit of a YouTuber thing to say, but he has got some. <laughs> great, I want to go in the two forty Z Samurai or the the three liter CSL BMW, which is absolute. Both of those cars are absolutely immaculate. Mm. Um, so I quite maybe you come back with me, Rich. We'll just we'll toss a coin and we'll. You take well, one. Yeah, I'll I could show one. you some other roads to drive down, and as you escape a rain cloud. Yeah, there um, we go across the across the plain. We can. We can outrun the clouds together. Yeah. Yes. I hope you don't mind. I've brought a Cestrian with me. Um, <laughs> you can say, just because you, know, you can say the word Cestrian. Cestrian. It's a weird word. <laughs> Cestrian. You absolute Cestrian. Um, right. So if anybody, gonna, uh, by the time this, this podcast goes out, I might not have bought a Rover coach built estate car. I was going to say, Sunday evening, yeah. you've just uncorked the, a, a cheeky Shiraz ready for a Miami Vice marathon. Oh, gosh. 
and as it courses through your veins, you have a rush of blood <laughs> to the head and you slap in a cheeky bid on the Astora. I will get um, trolled by Karin Classic, who I think by now know <laughs> that I like this car because they're just feeding yeah. me emails about well, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because your IP address keeps pinging up as looking at it. Leave me um, alone. The, the, that Rover, though, did remind me of a chat we had at Goodwood the other weekend that I was going to bring up. Because I think we, I don't know why we were walking around. We looked at something, and I and I, I, th- I said to you, "Have you ever owned a yellow car?" Oh yeah. And you were like, "Yeah, loads." Whereas I never have. I highly recommend a yellow car because they're jolly. I mean, thunderflies will mm. will bombard them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've owned more than one. I mean, my Enfield electric drag car that was um, that was an ochre yellow. Yeah. Um, like a dusty yellow, seventy yellow, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't even remember all the cars i've owned oh i know i've had a ford tornus the tornanus gxl uh coupe that was daytona yellow with a black vinyl roof that was wow. that was properly yellow oh very yellow because but then we were we were chatting and i think you boldly claimed that you'd owned cars in every color but then we got to purple yeah i and i don't know if i've owned a purple car if I have, it's one of those really dark, you know, like looks black on most mm. British days until the sun comes out, yeah. kind of purples. Yeah. Is, are you saying that that's my excuse? I I now need to buy a purple car so I can say I've owned a car in every colour. Can I just apologise? Some fuckwit is drilling or doing something. Can you hear that? It's like a very they're using a very talky drill. I can't hear it, but is it? It, it could be my tortoises, Richard. No, it's definitely my end. Is it? I don't know. It might be the guy who sometimes likes to taunt me by waiting until he sees I'm going to the shed to record a podcast and then gets the leaf blower out. He's gone, I'm upping the ante with an incredibly talky drill. One of those ones where the you know the, the bit is like a foot long. <laughs> I know the one. Dr- drilling through, um, I don't know, a Second World War bunker or yeah, something. Yeah, ma- um, serious masonry. Sorry about that. If it's if it's just being picked up excessively on the microphone, I do apologise. Um, uh, yes, no, purple cars, because I've never owned a purple car that I can remember. And But then you don't get many purple cars, do you? Not so really. It's sort of... No, there's that, there was that great colour they used to do on BMW M cars, Techno Violet. Yes. That was quite a sort of strong purple. But Techno Violet's good. Yeah, TVR did a strong Cerbera-type colour, which I always liked, yes. which I think was purple. That's my favourite TVR. That, I'd love a TVR in purple. Can I, can I, can I, can I have a Cerbera in purple, please? Uh, yeah, OK. OK, great. I don't know. Do you, I, I sort of... Mm, there's, uh, in their day... When I drove TVRs, well, I drove a, uh, what was I drive? a T350, I thought was a lovely car. Mm. But do I sort of want one? I feel like it's quite low down the list. I don't know. Or oh, a Griffith. I, I, has to be, has mm, to be a Cerbera for me. It has to be a Cerbera because it's the best really? looking. It's the best looking. It's just... Oh, hang on, though. No, Griffith's a nice looking car. Uh, it's a bit too short arse. See, I me. don't... Do you know what's funny? I was watching your Z8 video yeah. and watching you, you know, determinedly driving around with the roof down because <laughs> why not? And it gave me a bit of a wanton for a for a convertible, which led me inexorably to b- browsing MGTFs oh. for just because I thought I was like, how cheaply could you get into? Because I thought MX5, and I was like, oh, that's a bit predictable, and they do rot a bit, you know, not that. MGTF. I was going to say, were you putting the TF on a pedestal a little bit? Yes, uh, <laughs> putting on a pedestal, but a pedestal that's inside a vacuum so that it can never contact <laughs> outside air. Um, <laughs> no, I just I thought I also thought I was like, I bet TFs are cheaper than MX5s because their reputation precedes them, and this led me to find this 375 quid TF <laughs> on Auto Trader, and I just thought, and I put this on Twitter. What's the worst that could happen? Like, what if it's not total chod? What if actually it's... Because it, it, it has the whiff of... I mean, the MOT's expired, so there could be a lot of trouble. But if you look up its, pre, its MOT history, it got bad and then it got better again. Now, that suggests maybe that someone had everything fixed pretty mm. much. Well... And I just wonder whether it's like... 375 quid, private sale, it slightly has the whiff of someone who's gone, I just want that fucking thing off my drive. I can't be bothered to get it sorted. Get rid. And actually, you know, in parts alone, it's worth more. What I can say is a friend of mine's got one on his front lawn that he did a charity banger rally in and he drove it back Mm. in in the end 
he drove it back because he liked it too much and used it for two summers after that and said it's really delightful. No. So it's in his front garden no. covered in charity stickers. And I would have thought no. I could probably buy that off you for you quite cheaply. And the second is I live near the A1 and on the A1 is the world's largest yes. collection of MGFs for yes. that company that just does MGFs. Yes, so and they've got loads of them. Got, honestly, they've got about 50 of them. Well, we're back to um, sort of false memory again, but in my mind's eye, I've driven past that place quite a few times, and I, I, I feel like most of the MGFs they have are sort of hulks that are being dismembered to keep other cars alive. Would that be right? No, they've got nice ones at the front, and then usually at the back they've ah. got a, the, the graveyard. But there's a, they have a yeah. lot of them. I think they're cornering... Yeah. They're cornering the market for MG, yeah. MGTFs. Go for it. I mean, look, I, I mean, it's cheap. I don't cheap, need another car. It's cheaper than a Rover Sex Tourer, trust me. Yeah. Much cheaper. Well, that's it. I mean, it is. I just thought it is that just in a moment, just a, just a moment, having watched you driving around in a convertible and going, oh, I haven't driven a convertible for ages. And I was like, what, what, you know, summer's coming. Well, this is a bad time to buy a convertible it, because summer's it coming. It is, really. But, it is. But when I went out in convertible that, for summer, that's just you don't care about that. You could just have a little bit of summer fun and then you know decide what to do with it as the weather closed in for autumn. When I went out in the convertible um, Alfa Romeo with with Gordon Murray, we both mm. had that conversation about him saying I'd never used to really like convertibles. I didn't really used to want one, and, and mm. as I've got older, I've I've appreciated them more and I've I've started to use them, and I, mm. I feel like in the right sense. Well, wait. wait I mean, why don't, you buy my, why don't you buy my parents' Golf Cabrio? Buy Bob and Sue's Golf Cabrio. Yeah, I feel like I, I want something let you lower slung. You want, do you want a low, get, Do you know what? I would. I tell you what I would get, a Z3. Oh, really? I know we've been talking about Z8s with the... The Z3, I don't like the look of it, but I think as, as, no. a, as, a, as a drivetrain, as an engineered car that probably gives you the... Yeah, it's, it's cheap. What? A six, though, I'd be a, not a four. I think it would ideally be a six. Yeah, yeah, you have to go up to the two. I think there was a two five in those at some point and a two eight. I'd buy one of those, but I because I like ghetto boxsters and etc. 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 I would like one with quite bad panel damage on one side, so it just looks like you've had a real misdemeanor, <laughs> and you have to constantly <laughs> apologise to people wherever you park it. So that's I now it's weird that I would go MGF or TF over Z three, but I think that's there's very something wrong with I me. think you're you're a bit ill there. Yeah. I can. Well what about SLK? But then there's just the spectrum yes. of jamming roof mechanism haunts me a little bit. Yes, it could act as you know, an air brake on a on a Gordon Murray T fifty or a Bugatti Veyron. <laughs> yes. You've almost got the, on the motorway <laughs> Coverdale's on the, shirt from the 80s. Exactly, yeah. the parachute bit, uh, silk shirt. It wedges halfway in the um in the act, as it were. Yeah. And it acts as but a windbreak. I reckon if you want a bit of summer convertible fun, but you insist it has to be deceased spec, I have this unfounded feeling that SLK would be the most fertile ground there. Yes. Compressor too. Or indeed just finding absolutely immaculate ones that have done very low miles. I, I somehow feel that the SLK has has a little whiff of the retiree about it more than the TF or the Z3 or the MX-5. It's one of those cars that w- you could go and look at three today, the radio would be set on yeah. Classic FM, on all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and they'd yeah. all be full-service history cars. Even when they got down to about 700 yeah. quid, they're still doing main dealer history. Uh, yes, they're still going to the main dealer. Garaged, and it's, yeah, the last the last service cost four thousand pounds and they just paid and they just it. went oh that and seems a little were, steep the okay then <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i would buy one i would have well, one okay i would i'd, I'd yes i sort 1. of now it's funny because i kind of why because i remember that compressor engine's not very nice and they don't you know they're not really very sporty but actually i'd have one over a z3 the z3 is very low down my list for some reason I i'd like know. one it's in the, the sort of mm. pissy green color of the z3 so quite <laughs> the, i quite like the algal is it slightly algal or is it is it late 80s no, the official uh, bmw name was it piss grun was that how they they, they sold pissy it. Um, pissy green vaz gruner um <laughs> we, well 
Before we start live searching for deceased spec SLKs, we should probably bring this into land. Um, we, but, we never even uh, talked about Bista. We'll, we never talked about Bista Heritage again. We didn't, did we? Well, it was it was just it was brilliant, the best one I've been to so far. But you know, it's, it's not really useful to say that because it's in the past to go. But the next one, I don't know when the next one is, but I would hardly well, there's, recommend there's two the Sunday th- scramble at Bista. It's great. There's a couple of take homes that I'll rattle through. One, Dario mm. Franchetti was there again, who. Is a, I know he listens to this podcast, and I know he's a fan. Yes, but, but every time know. we're at the same event, we never meet up, and I think he's avoiding us. No, I think he just he likes the podcast, but he doesn't want to be seen in public with us. So, I mean, I think he's got the right attitude. This is a race winner's attitude. He's going to like the podcast, but I don't want to meet them in person. No. I think that would be awful. Qu- quite okay. So, so I, I've got I've got type, but he, he turned up in his singer singer nine eleven, I think. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, which was gorgeous. Um, gorgeous. Thank you to the the little car company who allowed me and my son to pr- pretty much do an auto test oh. in a baby Bugatti. Shit. Yeah, we haven't talked about that and how you beat an actual heroic racing driver because you were hangry. I, I, di- I didn't want to. I didn't want to draw attention to the, the small accolade. That was a bit of a shock. <laughs> uh, and Andy Andy Wallace, if if listeners know who Andy, Andy Wallace, Wallace is, who is a lovely lovely guy. He's a lovely man, but he's also an absolute hero. He is, and he's done some incredible things in cars. And then you pasted him in a tiny, tiny. What was it? A Bugatti. It was a baby Bugatti. An electric electric Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't intentional. I don't know. I, I wasn't intending to like win, but. Uh, I was exceptionally. <laughs> what kind of attitude is that? Well, I'm not that competitive. That's the weird thing. That's why oh, right. I'm not. I'm... Well, maybe that's the secret of your success. A, not bothered. B, furiously hungry. I was so hungry. Just want to get it over with. I was so hungry. I, I, it, 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 I decided to, to skip lunch and have it after the event, but I wasn't entirely sure how long <sighs> the event would go on for. I misjudged it. Yeah. Uh, a couple. I, I, I managed to find a couple of miniature pastries to keep me going, but it wasn't enough. Two coffees in, I was jittery. I just wanted to get behind the wheel and just go for it, and I just and I did. I just, I just, I just went for it. So, but thanks ever so much. It was a really, really enjoyable event, and thanks to everyone that came up to yeah. us and said we listened yes. to the podcast. They were quoting things that I couldn't even remember saying. Uh, yeah. and they may or may not have had a sticker in their vehicle window. Yeah, um, yeah. No, we we met some lovely people from from uh, all over this. Uh, did you you met the chap who had come over from Ireland? I did uh, in a Peugeot press car that he was sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, I uh, did. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> basically drove all night to get there in a non Roy Orbison yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he drove all night. <laughs> slept in the boot. <laughs> slept in the Peugeot because um, I got genuinely did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yes, thank you to everyone we met at the scramble. Uh, that was excellent, and hopefully. We will see some people um, the uh, the nineteenth of May at the Tobacco Factory in Bristol. Tickets we think are still on sale, uh, unless there's been a run on them between now and when this goes live. Um, I'm not saying any more than that. um, But keep tabs on our social media and on the website for other other dates. There are going to be a couple more dates for on that live of things Mm, coming up imminently on that side of things. June and July, there should be stuff going on. We'll tell you more when we can. But uh, for now, let's bring this to a close with three things that I have to tell you. And they are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Locate Paste Show, in which Johnny has just 30 seconds to find a tube of Colgate in an unfamiliar supermarket. (laughs) This week, he's in a Sainsbury's near Reading, shouting, hurry, my breath stinks. If that's not to your taste, because it's made up, there's also The Late Break Show, which has got lots of excellent videos about cars and people who love them, including uh, a review of the BMW Z8, 20 years on. Is it still misunderstood? And is it worth... And and the one I drove was ex-Michael Flatley from New. I know that's an extraordinary. That list of celebrity owners is mind boggling. Yeah, it is. And you remember the age old Colin McRae quote, if in doubt, flatly out, which is where he was. Like, <laughs> is that how he leaves events? Yes, he, he, whilst. He's had enough of a party. He just opened he the just door goes, and just kicked Michael out. And yeah. <laughs> but you can imagine Michael Flat. Imagine the pedal box on those, the, 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 the Z8s. Because clearly, Flatley likes a three-pedal car. Because he likes his, he doesn't want. Well, he's got he's got he's got busy, busy legs. feet, hasn't yeah. he? So busy legs. So um, uh, yeah. Um, second thing I've got to tell you is, well, I'll do it again. We're, we're doing a live show on the nineteenth of May oh, in we? Bristol. Um, we are. Oh. How, how, 
might have mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, uh, smithandsniff.com forward slash live hyphen shows is how you might, <laughs> might access the tickets or search on Eventbrite. That's where we sell them. Um, please come along. And if you want to drop us a note about anything, uh, hello at smithandsniff.com. And the third thing that I've got to tell you is that uh, you familiar with the Rolling Stones song, uh, Gimme Shelter. I am. And one of the things that makes that song stand out is the incredible backing vocals i mean they're not even really backing vocals they're kind of singing it's a it's a sort of joint lead vocal in many places um done by mary clayton uh but the amazing thing about that is that um the stones were in the studio in the middle of the night and the uh producer i think realized they needed an extra vocal on it rang mary clayton at home in the middle of the night she was heavily pregnant and in bed but she was persuaded to go down to the studio and she did that vocal in two takes while wearing her pajamas. I had heard this. That's one of the, that's maybe the first first piece of trivia you've given me <laughs> no, that I had heard of. <laughs> but actually, no, I damn do, it, uh, because I watched a documentary about it, and it it's stunning. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still it's yeah. probably, probably the best Rolling Stones song ever. But it's just is that in that documentary? Do they do the isolated vocal? They do, and it's spine chilling. Oh my god. It's and so, she she tells that story that she did one take singing alongside Mick Jagger, and then they said, "Do you want to do another one?" She's like, so she thought to herself, "I'm going to really blow their minds." Yeah, and like her voice kind of actually cracks a little bit, but it all sort of adds to it. It's just it's proper shivers down the spine stuff. Brilliant. I'll put a link in the show notes that go on the Patreon. What would you be driving listening to that? Go on, then quick one before we end. Oh, what car you got that playing? And what are you in? Uh, what would... for, for some reason, I'm in a Peugeot 504 Cabrio. What? Okay. I don't know why. I just am. They're great. Um, all right. Well, that's enough of, of this, but we'll do it all again next week. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye now. Cheers. Bye. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review You know just what to do Like and subscribe and review This is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Talk about I don't know where we are on the carsometer this week. We might have been too cary, we'll get complaints. Oh, again. we'll wait. Should I drop me to quickly this say podcast, some euphemisms and then you can just, just slot them in? Just yeah, just start doing euphemisms for testicles and we'll just drop that in at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Plums. Egg bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you want me to stop this? <laughs> Clacker hammock.